Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me is no one. No, I mean, it's not no one, technically. I just don't have Ethan here because he's in Rwanda like he always is. Um, the next This weekend next, Ethan's going to be in Rwanda, but it's okay because luckily, luckily, I have friends. And when you have friends, it's much easier to do a podcast. You don't have to have the awkwardness of trying to figure everything out and all that stuff. So instead of having Ethan and find out how Ethan's doing, I'm going to just go straight to the part where I introduce the guest. So a long time ago, um, actually it's probably not that long ago, but it was a while ago. I was going through YouTube and as usual, YouTube suggests somebody that I was like, Oh, this is, this is interesting. This is interesting. This is someone who's making interesting stuff. And by some weird coincidence, and sometimes this does happen, Instagram actually suggested the same person. And I was like, all right, I got to start watching this person. So I did. And I really got into her work because her and I seem to be into the same, not necessarily the same fandoms. Some of them overlap, but the techniques that she uses, definitely we have a lot of overlap and we have a lot of shared interests. So I was like, oh, you know what? She's a maker. She's making cool stuff and she does really cool things. So time to have her on the podcast. So I got the one, the only Ashley Stilson of Chipped Built. Hello, Ashley. How are you? Hey, Vincent. I'm good. How are you doing? Thank you for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're one of those people that, you know, I always, I always joke about this, but it really is the truth. Sometimes I'll go down, like I'll sit there and it's like every, I would say every three or four weeks I sit there and I start booking guests for the show. And I go down like my mental list of people, try to keep a, a good running list of people I want to have on and whatever. And then sometimes I'll have no list and I'll just be like scrolling <laughs> through my YouTube subs or my Instagram follows. And I'm like, how have we not had this person on yet? And I actually think I said that to you when I asked you to come on. I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe we haven't asked you to come on yet. But you are one of the people who I just love watching because you and I both love the same stuff, which is kind of <laughs> cool. We're, we're, we're a lot rarer than we think we are. Like you are into 3D printing. You're into mm-hmm. lasers. You are into rug tufting. And it's like, I mean, if I was a chick, I'd be you. So, <laughs> but Pretty it's, much. It's, it's, really, it's really nice to have you on. And um, for the, for the people who don't know your work or who aren't sure who you are, why don't you give us a little bit of a bio on who you are and what you do, what you make, and all that kind of stuff so we know who you are. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously my channel is called Chip Build. Uh, I'm a graphic designer, and about four or five years ago, um, I kind of got into woodworking. Uh, my dad helped me out on like a project. And then after we did that project, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I think like at the time, all we had was like a jigsaw. And my dad had taken like wood chop, like, you know, in high school a bajillion years ago. And I just really <laughs> liked it. And I was like, what else can we make? And it just kind of evolved to eventually then I learned about like robots, right? Like 3D printing and that there's oh, lasers. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like this is what I want to do all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you, I love that. See, this is the one thing, because I feel like graphic designers are uniquely equipped to deal with digital fabrication more so than pretty much anyone else, because 
there is this mindset that people have, like when they get into the robots that, oh, the robot does all the work. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you got to kind of tell the robot what to do. Like a cricket yeah. isn't going to cut a beautiful design if you don't give it a beautiful design to cut, you know? Mm -hmm, exactly. But, yes. I get so annoyed when people are like, oh, well, you're not even making it. I'm like, well... <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, the, the worst is when they'll be like, oh, you 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 must have a really nice 3D printer. Yeah, but I kind of have a, a brain too. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. But oh, it's, man. it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, there's an awesome overlap because I feel like for a lot of people that are really creative, like in, in the digital space, especially graphic designers, 3D modelers, CAD people, it's kind of gotten to a point now where if you have those ideas, it's become very easy to turn them into actual things. Whereas that used to be something that no one could do. You had to have people make stuff for you. Now you can, you know, you design something really cool in like ZBrush or Fusion 360 and you just throw it on a 3D printer. And in a couple hours, you have the thing that you were making on your computer screen. Yeah, it's insane to me. And like, I see it happen all the time. Like the fact that I can just pop in the fusion, you know, do a couple little sketches, extrudes, and then I have whatever was on my screen, like printed out in like an hour or so. Like it still blows my mind. Yeah, it's especially and uh, it hit me. It hit me when I, I got my first 3D printer in 2017. I was 3D printing before I was woodworking, which is really funny. Oh, um, in fact, okay. 3D printing is what actually got me into the woodworking. <laughs> oh, interesting. But, I kind of feel like it's always the other way around. Oh, it is. It almost always is. I think I'm the rare person because I'll tell you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> what ended up happening was I, I didn't really have the skill to make stuff any other way, but I'm like, well, I can work. I can work a 3D modeling program competently not re not really well like i'm not an expert but i'm competent enough where if i have access to something that can take something from screen to printer i can make mm -hmm. some pretty cool stuff and of course that you know you grow you grow all your especially people like i consider myself a skill collector i'd rather be mediocrely good at like a million different mm -hmm. things than super good at any one thing and yeah. It's like, oh, 3D printing is pretty awesome, but what if I added woodwork? And <laughs> all of that felt good, but I'll tell you, and I, I know you recently got one too, but what really changed everything for me was the Glowforge. Yeah, the Glowforge is pretty powerful. I mean, it's, it's, it's transformative, and that word gets used a lot, especially mm -hmm. in current year, but man, it is just a transformative piece of technology for me. It changed everything it changed everything about how i do everything like every single thing and it took my woodworking from oh this is a fun thing that i do to oh i can personalize all the stuff i make and now really make this like a business that has a unique yeah. value proposition for people mm -hmm. and it's super great for christmas time <laughs> to make gifts yeah. for your friends and family brings the cost way down that's for sure what? i think at this point my friends and family are a little sick of the uh, handmade gifts <laughs> mm, yeah i always uh, you know it's funny you say that because i know that like i give handmade gifts too and i always feel like i'm cheaping out when i do it because i know it's you, weird it, right because you know it's not you're not cheaping out you're putting a lot of effort and love mm -hmm. into stuff and then you give it to them and you're just like Oh man, do, did I get off on giving this like, did I get away with something? <laughs> like, like, here's the gift, but I put a gift card with it so I can feel better about myself. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I just did that at a white elephant party that my friend had. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to bring like a $10 gift. And so I like 3D printed this little cat stack game. And I was like, oh, I was like, I feel like they're gonna like yell at me kind of, you know, like that is not real. So on the way to the party, I went to Starbucks and got like a $10 gift card to throw in the bag <laughs> as well because I felt bad. <laughs> so you didn't even think it had, you didn't even think it had any value. I know. Oh like, it would have been totally fine if I had just given it because they all thought the game was like amazing. But I was just like, why am I like this as a person? <laughs> we do that though. I mean, I it's it's weird because like I'll do – there are people like I did a fundraiser. I did a fundraiser for um, a friend's PTA for her daughter, and I made two sets of coasters. I think overall the whole, th- the both sets. Because one thing I like about coasters is I've gotten it down to such a science where I flatten, I thin the board out on the planer, mm-hmm. put it on the CNC. It cuts four of them. I have a file. All I have to do is tell the CNC where zero is, and it makes me four coasters. Right. And then I throw it in the Glowforge, and I put an engrave on it. And then I spray paint it with spar urethane, and it's done. Like, that's the whole process. It probably yeah. – it, it takes me a day to make a set of coasters. It takes longer for them to dry than it does to actually produce <laughs> to them. To cut them out. <laughs> yeah. And I give yep. them – and I told her, I said I, – she goes – can you do you would you be willing to make something for the PTA for the for the fundraiser? I'm like, of course I'll make something. I said, let me make you two sets of coasters. She goes, two. I'm like, yeah, I'm not making one set of coasters for the for the fundraiser. She yeah. goes, but <laughs> one one set of coasters that would be amazing. A set of coasters. What what do you want to put on? And I said, I don't know. Maybe I'll put the school mask on. <gasps> oh my god, you're gonna make a set of co- no. I said no. I'm gonna make two because I don't feel right only giving you one. She's like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> and, because we, you know, we look at it and, you know, we are material biased as mm-hmm. makers, right? We look at the material yep. and go, oh, well, the material's only worth this much. Therefore, the product's only worth this much. And we don't we don't look at the markup that we would typically charge in like what, what I'll call the retail price of something. We don't look at that markup as the value of the product. We look at the value as the cost of the product. And it really skews things. Like I made I made a cutting board for someone out of zero dollars worth of material because everything <laughs> I made it from was scrap. Every right. single piece I made of it, mm-hmm. but it was, it, I sold the cutting board for 125 bucks. And right. it's like, well, and as you should. Oh yeah. And, and cause yeah. it's, you know, there is work involved and it is nice mm-hmm. wood, but it is cut off board. And I felt horrible. <laughs> right. I know. It's so weird. It's yeah. like a weird guilt that like makers get. I feel like. Like, we don't value our stuff. We value the material that it's made out of more than the thing itself. <laughs> yes, but. which should be, like, opposite. <laughs> what is your... So, I, I, I know Disney is a thing for you. <laughs> yes. You, you're Disney, Harry Potter, Star Wars, mm-hmm. any fandoms I'm missing, or...? Um, I think those are pretty much, like, the major ones that I like. So what's what's really funny is the I I, I dig I dig your your Disney obsession, um, and we're, yes. because I always you and Corinne are the two people I always think of. Like I think of Disney, I think of you and Corinne. Like <laughs> that's really like, awesome. Almost instantaneously, like it's that's why when you guys did the Golden Girls trivia, I was like, that is the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a fandom technically, right? Oh, the yeah, Golden yeah, Girls. The Golden Girls. Um, it's so funny. It's so popular right now. But like in high school. When I would tell my friends I would watch it, they would call me like grandma and stuff like that, like <laughs> making fun of me. Now everybody's watching it and it's like the coolest thing ever. And I was like, mm-hmm. come on, guys. <laughs> and you were way ahead of that curve. 
Yeah, which my is si- why I won the trivia. <laughs> my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law is very close to your age and she is a massive Golden Girls fan. Like like I think and I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that if your Golden Girls trivia was three-way, she could have hung with the two of you. Like oh, she I'm- could I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, you are you are obviously the master. I had no doubt in my mind, but it was just. Thank you. <laughs> I, I loved watching the trash talk as you guys. Oh yes, that was. I think I had more fun doing the trash talk than the trivia. Like, don't get me wrong, I super love doing the trivia game itself. Mm-hmm. But just something about that trash talk, especially because like me and Jen and Corinne are all friends, anyways. Mm-hmm. And it was just it brought it up to like another level. <laughs> <laughs> the the back and forth and I love what I loved about it was the 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 constant back and like it was just it there was no let up like it was one story <laughs> after another story and y'all were sharing them on each other's stories and it was just yeah, I was just trying laughing. to one up each other <laughs> oh man I was just laughing so hard I'm like why am I so into this like I think I'm I was as into the trash talk as I was anything else. And then you guys did the live and I was like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't make the live, but mm-hmm. I had a feeling because everybody got real quiet afterwards except you. And I'm like, oh, okay, we know how that went down. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it I was lo- a ton of fun. I love that you, I love that you express your love of fandoms the way you do. Like you are just, you want to make all the things from all the fandoms. And Pretty much. That's the stuff, accurate, yep. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that you're into, you're really, really into. Like, I love the um, the Quidditch, the um, Harry Potter, the Quidditch shirt. I loved um, it because I was like, you. that's the kind of thing that a maker that loves a fandom does. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I want, I want, I want a Gryffindor Quidditch shirt. I'm going to make yeah. one. You yeah. Know? It was that, and also I wasn't going to spend $90 for a Quidditch shirt from oh, Universal Studios. <laughs> it's the worst. And, and you know, So you know what's funny? It, it's, it's interesting that you said that because you know what got me into <laughs> what got me into woodworking was the thing that I was 3D printing that made me realize I may have a business ahead of me. I was 3D printing Harry Potter wands for oh, friends. And okay. they were going bonkers for it. And I was 3D printing them in wood filament. Oh, nice. nice. And then I had a very small print bed. I mean, I'm not even joking. I think it was seven inches by seven inches. Oh, wow. So I had to print them in halves stuck straight up and Oof. then glue them together. And I would glue wow. them and wood fill them and stain them and poly them. And when people got them, they're like, I didn't know you could carve wood. I'm like, it's not, well, it's not wood. It's wood filament. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a plasticky wood. But people got them and they freaked out about them. And I was selling them like hand over fist. And I'm like, man, if I learned some woodworking and I could make some really nice boxes for these, yeah, I would crush. I never got around to actually making the boxes because I got <laughs> so into the woodwork. But it's funny how Harry Potter was kind of my the gateway. Start, right? Yeah, it was like, I could do more. I can do more. So I, lo- I also love that you picked up. I feel like everyone around me was picking up rug tufting at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. And, I think so. Because I saw it the first time I saw it was on Schmood's channel, mm-hmm. and it was him doing it was him doing just a couple of different things with curry goat, and I was like, "Oh, this looks like fun! I want to do this." And I started looking into it, and I'm like, "I don't know what to buy. I don't know what to do. I know none of this." Mm-hmm. And then I went to Jimmy's Jimmy Duresta's for the Fourth of July. And Keith Decent, the f- kind human that he is, <laughs> brought his tufting gun with him. 
and I got oh, to try nice, it. Yeah. And from that moment on, I was like, I'm hooked. That's it. I need I, this. It's, it's in the instinctive or instant obsession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think what got me was, I was like, this looks really hard. How do I know I'll be any good at it? So he set me up with the gun. He told me what to do. He told me, he showed me how to hold it, how to rotate the handle so that it stayed mm-hmm. in the right, oriented in the right direction. I think that's the hardest thing to learn, really. He said, but then he goes, so you're a woodworker, so you know how to do this. I was like, no, I don't. He goes, yeah, use it like a jigsaw. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can do that. I could totally do that. And I'm like, all right, let me see what I can do. So I laid down one line of stitches and I'm like, okay. Now let's see if I can lay down another one and make it look decent. So I did four next to each other and they came out nice and tight and they looked good. And I'm like, that took no effort. I like this. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. It's such a forgiving um, hobby or craft, I guess. Cause if you mess up, you just pick it out and then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, uh, I love it. It's, it's, I hate to use the word therapeutic cause everyone uses it, but it really is a therapeutic making mm-hmm. experience. It is. And it makes time go by so quickly. Because mm-hmm. typically if I make a rug, I like start it at like 11 p.m. or like midnight. And then it's already like two or three. And I was like, what? Where did the time go? And you're making some really, you're making some really cool stuff. Like, oh, you're, thank you. you're doing, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to say licensed stuff. You know, Ixnay on the license lay. I know. But, you know, <laughs> like the Among Us, the Among Us rug and, you know, mm-hmm. all the character stuff that you've done. It's just so good. And it's, <laughs> you were one of the people, you were one of the people that I s- started seeing doing this all around the same time. And I'm like, yeah, I, I need to, I need to do that. I need, I feel like it's like <laughs> a secret cult that a lot of people are starting to join. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, but so yes. I broke into it by doing hand punching. Which is, I know that's insane. I don't think I would have the patience for that. I'm I'm just gonna tell you, I'm not sure I have patience for it. Like <laughs> there are times where I'll make a whole bunch of stitches, but not re- not realize as I'm doing them that I didn't punch them deep enough. Oh and no! And then you pull the needle, and it just ding 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 ding. ding. Like oh, when you, no. yeah, it happens a lot more than I'd like to admit. To be honest with you, <laughs> that's but when I, I just throw s- it across the room. <laughs> oh. Uh, there was one point. There was one point where I was doing doing everything in small batches because I was having such bad luck keeping the stitches in the monk's cloth that I didn't want to do a long a long stitch because I didn't want it to fall out. Because <laughs> once it, <laughs> once it starts falling out, there's no stopping it. You have to kind of I don't want to say you have to pull it out, but you have to kind of let it go all the way until it stops falling out, and then start over from that point. But. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so much fun. Though. I know I say that <laughs> as I say how much of a pain in the ass it is, it really is a fun thing to do. Like, cause you start looking at it and you go, oh, this is how rugs are made. This is really neat. Like rugs. Who knew? I think that that was what was insane to me too, was like, obviously when I bought the machine, I knew that it made rugs, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I actually started making the rug where I was like, oh man, like I'm legitimately making a rug that you can like walk on. Mm-hmm. The kind that you the kind that you take your socks off and you curl your toes yeah. in. <laughs> that was why yeah. I, that was why I went with a cut pile rug because I really wanted the um I really wanted that look. The fluff. Like the, but I noticed I noticed that the art it's so weird because there's such a almost a divide. Like no, I only do loop piles. Like oh my this gosh, is like, yeah. It's like the cult has subdivided. <laughs> 
so it has. I well, I would definitely not have the patience to do the loop pile where you have to cut it at the end of each line. That would drive me nuts. No, I would lose my mind. I yeah. but I will say to in some ways they do look they do look really cool. Well, like, yeah, like you can definitely get way better, tighter detail with the mm-hmm. loop pile for sure. I like my. I realized when I made the first hand punch rug it's like okay if you're gonna do words you have to make the letters really big <laughs> because yeah <laughs> that was a big mistake i made i made the letters just way too small it worked it worked but one thing i didn't realize like i know this it's funny because i knew this with the gun but i didn't know this with hand punching if you're gonna put letters you gotta put them in reverse because the punch outside <laughs> on the other side is what actually matters who knew mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i made that mistake for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. And well, that's why. And it's weird because I knew this enough to know that like, oh, I got to get a projector so that I can flip the image and put it on the side. And it's like, I knew all that. I These are mm-hmm. things. This is like the maker bane of a maker's existence is knowing something and still not doing it correctly. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. like me with every project. There's always some aspect of it where like I knew how I should have done it and I still did it wrong. It's like any, literally every project <laughs> right if there's always a moment where you go well all right let's let me let me sit back and think about this for a second is there a part of this that's going up against the wall because if not then i got a lot of work to do right now <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> pretty much i've been i've been having that experience a lot because i've been trying to occupy because my sh- i basically shut my shop down at the beginning of august and now i'm in the process of finally moving it to its new location and I'm starting to like, I'm doing a lot of things that I just wasn't doing before. Like I'm filling in with other crafts and stuff like that. Like I started mm-hmm. working on an animal crossing style. Um, yes. Pendant. I love that. I, I am going to finish this thing, by the way. It's just, <laughs> it's funny how every weekend since I worked on it has been occupied by something else, but I'm looking at it going, I could shape that a little more. I could shape. I'm worried that it's going to be like when a dude shaves his mustache and he's trying <laughs> to shape it. And then eventually he's Charlie Chaplin and it's just all got to come off at that point. Yep. yep. <laughs> but, and that's kind of like what rug tufting is. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. just a, a little trim here, mm-hmm. a little trim here. Oh, no, a bald spot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, I love how. I use the word with people that do like what we do, where you do a bunch of different stuff. I use the word fearless a lot. And I do think you're very fearless. Like you, you aren't afraid to tackle something new and try mm-hmm. something new. Like I've seen, you know, you, you do cricket stuff, you do 3d printing, you do lasers. Um, mm-hmm. You just got a new 3d printer, which I didn't even know existed. And I'm very interested in it because I think that style of core, the core XY style of 3d printer is always really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's it's really fast, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the thing. That's the big thing. It flies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that is like a perfect word, fearless for me. Um, you know, I think I don't know, this might sound weird, but I just feel like I'm very creative and I just like to try new things in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I wanted to make a um like a wood and metal frame bench for one of my friends, and so I knew one friend of mine who did metalworking, and so I was like, hey, can you come teach me? And then, like, he taught me how to weld, and then, you know, I, I made a metal bench. <laughs> the next thing you know, you're a welder. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. You know, obviously an expert. <laughs> of course. It goes without saying. I, I, but I, I do love that. Like, I, 
I, I feel bad for people who are so locked into doing a specific thing or a specific form of making mm-hmm. that they don't try other things. It's like, nah, that's outside my comfort zone. Like I, I watch, I watch a lot of, I know a lot of woodworkers who will not touch a CNC. I know. It's and, so crazy. And it's like, bro, if you did that, do you know how life changing it could be for you as a woodworker? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every project has to be it, but yeah. there are times where, man, it would just be nice to, but there are some, a lot of people, and this is, I don't really think this describes you and I as much as it describes a lot of other people, where a lot of people are just really into that process. They mm-hmm. really like, they like the act of making more than they like the idea of having the thing. Right. And I think that's almost romanticized. Like, I, oh, I love to, you know, I, I, I know I joke with Chris from Cowdog a lot you know, about his love of planes and hand tools and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I think that he's a typical one of those guys where he really likes, he really, really digs the process. Like the, Mm -hmm. the love that goes into, you know, shaving perfect curls and getting everything. And I'm just like, "Mm, not so much. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would absolutely die if I had to hand crank a hole into a piece of wood. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, you would never see me make anything ever again. <laughs> right. And, you know, the, but for the people that don't want to use, you know, a CNC, a CNC is not woodworking. Okay. But what about power tools? So like are power tools yeah. woodworking. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a, that's a cheesy argument to make, but it's just, that's a tool that's available to you. You, you know, if I get 22 parts off a of CNC and then start putting them together and have to do all the same stuff to put them together, they're just cut by the CNC. Is that not woodworking anymore? And like, I don't know. And maybe maybe right. it's not the same kind of woodworking, mm-hmm. maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, you're still coming up with the idea, drawing the plan, converting it for the CNC, you know, so that you can read the G code. It's like it's not like you're literally just pressing the button and it magically pops out. I really wish people understood that better. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's almost like the one, like the Glowforge too. It's like, oh, well, you just mm-hmm. push a button and the Glowforge makes a thing. Yes. No, I push a button and the Glowforge cuts. That's what it <laughs> yes. does. And it cuts what I tell it to cut. Mm, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so. Absolutely. Can I just say one thing that super duper bothers me about the Glowforge is the fact that they call it a 3D printer. Oh, it's like it, oh, the 3D laser printer. Like where, where was the, who in the marketing department said, this is a good idea. Let's go with this. <laughs> I know. Seriously. And the fact that so many like reputable people have told them like, hey, this is not a 3D printer. And they're just like, oh, but it's fine. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's not even like it it doesn't even do okay, like you could make that argument with a CNC and certain software where it does like relief cutting and does all the mm-hmm. cool carving stuff. Like you could actually make that argument with a CNC much more easily than you can make it with a laser, which essentially cuts flat things. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it's not additive design. Like it drives yeah. me nuts. <laughs> it's Oh man, that is, that's a good one. Actually, when I first bought it, I was like, what, what, you know, cause I was kind of, I never used a laser. I, I bought a Glowforge because I saw it on David Picciuto's channel and I saw nice. him using it and I'm like, I need that. Like I, I need a laser in my life. Cause I can, mm-hmm. I can't cut anything. Like I can't, I joke about it all the time. I have scissors. You know what my scissors cut? They cut thread. They cut <laughs> beading wire they cut but they never cut anything that has to be straight because i cannot cut straight with scissors i never could even as a kid i was the worst at it yeah and but i can put something 
I could put something in the laser and go cut a straight line. It will cut a straight line. And it's yeah. like, this is awesome. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, um, you're definitely not alone. I'm awful with scissors. I think for me, though, it's mostly because I'm left-handed. Oh, and no. And all the scissors are, like, right-handed. So I, like, everyone knows, like, if we're, like, helping each other out with projects, I do not do paper cutting or fabric cutting. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're like some people are with CNCs. Like, I don't scissor. Like, no, that's not my thing. I don't do that. <laughs> yes, I do not touch that. <laughs> I got, I actually had almost no use for like, I got the, um you know, the Fiskars um, paper trimmer with the slidey mm-hmm. thing. Because yes. it's just the coolest damn thing ever. And yes. I, I have, have used, what's that? I have one too. Oh, it's the best. It's the absolute best paper cutter on the planet. And I have used that thing a million times just to trim paper that I could have cut with scissors, but I wanted <laughs> it to be straight. Yep. Like I did my my car registration and I put um I always put clear tape over the front of it because in New York they give you a paper one, and it just falls apart in your pocket. Uh-huh. So I like to put clear packing tape over it just so it it has a shot at lasting the length of its existence. <laughs> yes. And even that, like I wanted to trim a little bit of it and I put it on the paper cutter and cut it because I don't trust myself <laughs> with scissors. It's like two inches by two inches and I still use the but paper still, cutter. It could slip and then bam, you've cut into it. It's, I don't know. I It's, it's like a mental block. Like I see scissors and I'm like, oh, that's for cutting thread, like, or yarn or well, I'll cut anything with scissors. I'll cut open a package with them. But I, if I, if it's something that matters, it has to look good. I won't touch scissors. <laughs> What a weird mental hang up to have, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Just so a little bit. What's so as far as skills go, so we know you you do woodworking, 3D printing, laser, rug tufting. What of all your of all your Swiss Army knife of skills, because you do have a lot of different skills that you've shown off that you have the ability to do. <laughs> which of them is the thing that you're like, if I could only do one of these, I would just keep doing this because I love this the most. Like what's your, your thing. Mm, That's really hard because obviously I do all of them because I Mm. love them all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if like we're going off pure, like just enjoyment where like, I like the, like the whole process of it and the end result and all that, I guess it'd be rug tufting. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. I think just because that's more tangible than like woodworking, like, yeah, you know, screwing these two boards together. That's cool. Now I have like a stool or whatever. Um, I, and 3D printing is really awesome, too. But I, don't I know. totally expected you to either say 3D printing or lasering. I'm very surprised that rug tufting has moved yeah. that far up well, your actually, list. Lasering is like really like like a millimeter underneath. and i i kind of think too i chose rug tufting just because it's the newest thing i'm doing Mm -hmm. so like potentially if we did this in like a month's time who knows it could have changed well that's actually some so that's what i was gonna what i love about your channel is since i've been following you so long i've seen it kind of happening a little at a time like i remember when you got your glowforge and it's (laughs) just like this is so crazy just watching her just okay, I'm just going to do this today. Like, and I know people joke that I do that, but I'm watching you do it going, wow, she is just like, she's keeping, she's setting a pace. (laughs) She's setting a pace. And I, what I love about that though, is that your YouTube channel will never get stale. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not possible anymore for it to get stale because you are always like, 
you don't do anything for any extended period of time. It's not that you don't like doing the things. It's just like, oh, this is another cool thing. Let's let's delve into this for a little while. Yeah. And it's like it's almost like a soap opera where the storyline changes <laughs> for a couple of weeks. And it's like, right. okay, that character just got a new actor and they're changing mm-hmm. the storylines. Let's do yep. another set of stories. The same channel, yeah. but you know. <laughs> yeah. Or it finally goes moves on to the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You, said. you are a soap opera watcher. I, actually, I'm not. I only know those jokes because um, I would watch the show The Nanny as a uh-huh. kid a lot with my mom. And in there, they always talk about a soap opera. I don't remember which one. And the whenever they're trying to catch up the next people, they're like, oh, well, it's later the same day. <laughs> so I just think it's funny. <laughs> I, I assume just, it's all like that. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you, I as a kid, I obsessively watched The Young and the Restless. Like, Isn't that still on? It is. It is. Um, I believe at this point, I believe at this point, it's the longest running soap opera. I think that and Days of Our Lives are the uh, days wow. are, or Days is over, isn't it? I think it's, mm. it might be over. Eh, I'm not sure. Not terribly important. But Young and the Restless has been around since the 50s. Like it's an old school, like sponsored by soap, soap opera, like a real live soap opera. And it was that every joke that you just mentioned, especially about, it really just hit me right in the gut. It's like, (laughs) yep, that is exactly how it was. Like they would do a whole week of episodes that are an hour long and it would be like, and then, you know, you would start the next week and it'd be like, so yeah, yesterday. And it's like, like that was one day. (laughs) Like, do you people sleep? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Wow, that's funny. I, I never <laughs> thought about that. Now you're saying it. Now I can't get it out of my head. It's like how many times did like a storyline like of like four you watch every day of the week and they're eating dinner at every episode. It's like, how is this? Are they just eating di- like multiple? No, they're wearing the same clothes. What's going on here? <laughs> dinner just lasts for eight hours in that household. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm totally down with that. I have no problem with that. Nothing, nothing like a good leisurely dinner. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> one of the crazy things, one of the crazy things is how much, I feel like I always talk about when, when I watch maker videos, one of the things I love is the way you always get like a nugget. Like there's always a nugget of information or a little piece. And I feel like you work really hard in your videos to always have those little pieces of information in your videos. Like Mm -hmm. these, like your, your videos aren't just let's make a cool project. It's you're very good without being too wordy at the why and the how. (laughs) Um, I, well, in fact, <laughs> I'm looking through your channel and I always felt like this is, this is not, this is not as I'm don't mean, I don't mean this in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Your videos are very short. Yeah. I noticed that. And that there's so many, you have so many videos up that it's like, okay, this isn't by accident. This is a design choice. This is, um, mm-hmm. a branding choice. So what is the philosophy for your channel? Cause you have a lot of four minute videos, which yeah. is like, in our community, as you know, that is like horrible. Like, mm-hmm. how could you do a four-minute video? Um, what's it's the why my full- numbers are so small? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually think the opposite because I think if you can get the information out to someone in a four-minute video and you turn it into a twelve-minute video, so you can have an ad break, people mm-hmm. start to sense that real quick. Yeah. 
like uh, previously on chipped builds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what is the philosophy with your channel? Like how do you, how do you kind of make it work for, cause um, I got to admit it's, it's unique. It's, it shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think part of it is um, I just really enjoy making the YouTube videos. And so if possible, cause sometimes some videos, it's just, I made it and I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. You know, not everyone I'm able to kind of put in like a little nugget, like you're saying, but I do try really hard to have some kind of little tip, even if it's, you know, I'm like super small tip, just something that you might not know of. And honestly, just from when I first started watching YouTube, I was just getting so annoyed, like looking up a tutorial or something. And, you know, it's like, how to cut a piece of wood right like literally cutting it in half with like a chop saw and it's like a 30 minute video and i'm like <laughs> i don't need to know you know the whole backstory of the miter saw you know <laughs> and so like that would just bug me and then i would lose interest so i was like if i'm losing interest on these long videos then people aren't going to want to watch me you know cut the same piece of board into 20 pieces mm-hmm I mean, yeah, like, I, I obviously have a couple longer videos, but that's mostly just because I couldn't make that information any shorter. But that's and that's that's the thing. I mean, you you make a video, you make videos as long as I, I hate using this phrase, but it's so true. You make videos as long as they need to be. Like if if there's 10 minutes of information, it's a 10 minute video. If it's five minutes mm -hmm. of information, it's a five minute video. I feel like there's, uh, you know, there's a purposeful creation format for you when you make your videos like this is the project this yeah. is how long it takes i don't need to stretch mm -hmm. this out so i have longer youtube clout <laughs> yeah um yeah i do try to do that and to like um you know if i'm doing like a cricket video mm -hmm. you know i could in some videos i do show like what i do in design space you know like setting up but if it's a project where i feel like that information just doesn't add to it or it's not needed because it'd be like a very basic step or if i've done that like excessively in a previous video i'll just leave it out because it's not you know needed for that video i feel like that's something that i feel like that's something that needs to be done more like the connect me to a previous video like do your process videos do a bunch of process videos and then do it when you do a project video it's like oh i'm going to i'm going to do x process Here's a video on it if you need mm -hmm. to recap on it, but we're just going to go on past that. And I find that makers seem to be building up that process library now because mm -hmm. I am, I'm a completionist. So I scroll through my subscriptions and if somebody posts a video, I'm probably going to watch it. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is that people seem to be making a lot more library content than they used to. And I think that that's, where they're going it's like so that the next project video is like oh no we already have a video on how to do that mm -hmm. it's up here if you want to watch it otherwise we're just going to keep moving let's go yeah but, yeah and that's kind of the the route i'm moving into because mm -hmm. i've been filming a bunch of um like 101 series type videos that i'm going to do that way you know just put out that chunk all at the same time and then in future videos i can be like like you said okay if you just go watch that video you've got that missing piece of info I love that you are developing a plan going forward for your YouTube channel, but that you're also in the pro you're in the process of growing your actual online store. You're, you're kind of, you know, everybody always talks about multiple streams of revenue and you seem to be mm -hmm. 
you seem to be building that in a very concrete way. And I, I, I dig the way you're doing that. How is the, how's the process feeling? Do you feel like you're kind of getting your, getting your wings under you a little bit? Like, how's mm-hmm. it going? Yeah, um, I am definitely trying to spread things out because, you know, I've heard so many people say how, you know, don't keep your eggs in one basket, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, fortunately for me, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had any issues with Etsy. Um, and I've had my you're, Etsy shop for like four years. So you're the one. <laughs> yeah. So if you can knock on some wood right now, that would be greatly appreciated. I'm knocking on my desk right now. <laughs> my desk is oak. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um, yeah. You know, and so I've been very fortunate that that's been going pretty well. And um, and since I lost my job, that's actually increased a lot. And I think it's just because now I devote more time to it and like product development. Um, and then I'm in the process of trying to get like a Patreon up and running. I'm just not quite sure what exactly I want to offer through it. Mm. And I also kind of feel weird. I know I shouldn't, but I feel weird trying to be like, Hey, I have this Patreon, like go check it out and send me money. <laughs> you know, you, you'll be surprised. You know, that's, I mean, it was, it was humbling for us. So when we started, when this podcast started way, way, way long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it was, there was no ads. There was no, um, there was no support mechanism. It was just the podcast was put out. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, Spotify, well, anchor slash Spotify got in touch with us and like, Hey, your numbers are good enough. You really should start running ads. I'm like, wow. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay. So we did start running ads and honestly, the money was nice. It, it, we don't make a fortune. We don't, we, right. well, we didn't make a fortune. Every little bit helps. Exactly, right? So mm-hmm. when, you you know, making content isn't free, even if it's just a matter of like, I know it's cheaper for a podcast than a YouTube channel. I totally get that. But mm-hmm. we started running ads. It was paying for itself. And it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But it felt crappy. Like it felt crappy. And one of the best things that happened was the ad agreements that we had ended. And it was like, okay, we have no ads for a while. So let's just do full on listener support. Mm-hmm. And the first day that we were doing it, I think it was probably, it was actually about three days in, we were already making enough, you know, projected out over the course of a year for the people that mm-hmm. joined the yearly, but we were actually making enough for the podcast to sustain itself. So that, that includes the hosting, you know, email hosting, mm-hmm. soft, any software that we use to make the pod, everything is covered. And it's like, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, it's it does feel it does feel bad to ask right it always feels mm-hmm. bad to ask and i i i always feel bad telling people hey we have we have a way for you to financially support the podcast but it's nice to give people an alternative to an ad right mm-hmm. hey instead of saying here's our ad listen to it and they pay us it's like hey let me read your name because you're making this possible and we appreciate that that means more to me your 5 means more than their 10 you know, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think so it makes I, the people feel good too. And I think what's going to happen with you, and I, I think I, I first of all, we're pro- I'm probably turning a lot of people that I know on to you right now and your work. But I feel <laughs> like what's <laughs> what you know, hey, if you're not following Ashley, go follow her. Her links are going to be in the show notes. But I do think what's going to happen is you're going to be surprised, even with I think with a smaller audience we tend to think that no one wants this stuff and that's why the audience is small. Mm-hmm. And the first 
bit of validation you get is when you put your stuff out there and say, hey, if you like it and you want to pay for it, here's a mechanism for you to do that. And a bunch of people say, yes, I do like it. Yes, I do want to pay for it. And I think a lot of people are going to do that with you because I think there's a lot of value in the stuff that you're making. And I'm pretty sure oh, thank you. that you're teaching <laughs> a lot of people how to do things they just didn't know how to do. I really do mean that. <laughs> oh, thank but you. I appreciate that. I don't, I don't just bring guests on to kiss their butts. <laughs> they have to have some kind of talent to get on this show, contrary to popular belief. But um, yeah, Glad I just, I made the cut. <laughs> you're a good, you're a really good teacher and your videos are. No, thank you. You know, like I want, we were, we were talking beforehand. We were talking about the tiered tray that you just made. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I even said it outright said it. I don't like yep. tiered trays. I think they're silly. <laughs> Not that they're horrible or wrong, or if you make them, you're a bad person. I just think they're kind of silly. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at yours and I'm like, this is actually really cool. Like I really, <laughs> I really dig what you did with it. I like that you, I like the Halloween theme. I love Halloween colors. The, the Halloween color scheme is one of my favorite things. The orange, green, purple, and black. Mm-hmm. My favorite color scheme ever. Like to see those colors together. And you just, it had a really cool vibe to it. I'm like, I'm in on this. I'm in on this. I've actually posted it. People that follow me on Instagram saw it in my stories. I think I posted it yesterday mm-hmm. or the day before. I'm like, this is this is really cool. But that's the kind of thing that you do that's like, oh, that's really clean. That looks really nice. Like, And now you're doing these like, um, you're doing like Mickey ears, like different themed Mickey ears. Oh, Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> those are freaking cool as hell. Like, I'm not even a big Disney person, but those are cool as hell. Like, I love them. Yeah, so. they're actually a lot of fun to make and design. Um, and it helps. I mean, you know Fusion pretty well. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's cool to watch you. It's cool to watch you do all this stuff. And it's like, I got to keep my, I feel, I, I always, I don't feel competitive about it, but I feel like, you know, people like you set the bar, right? Like, <laughs> I'll watch your stuff and be like, I could do better. I could do better. I could do better. Like, look what she's doing. I could do better. I could do better. I always look at my stuff and go, I could do better. I could do better. I could do better. And I love that. I love when somebody pushes me to do a little bit better because it Mm -hmm. just, it keeps you from getting stagnant. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like the whole point of why I do share what I make is to, you know, inspire people either to make or if it's a new skill they don't know or even just to get better. Like it does like, you know, push them a little bit because they're like, oh, that's something I could easily make. Why am I not already doing that? I had someone, I had someone once <laughs> when I was doing agates in, I did a lot of, I've done a lot of agates in my Glowforge. I never have to clean, just to give you an idea of the kind of stuff I work with the most on my Glowforge, I've never had to clean the exhaust fan. Lucky so, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I saw yours. <laughs> um, but I've never had to clean it. I why it stopped working. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I've never had to clean is because 90% of what I do is not wood or like the, or the draft board, which is the Mm -hmm. literal worst thing in the world. Like if you do a lot of draft board, you have to clean the glow Mm -hmm. afterwards. Like it's just the worst. It stinks in there forever. There's a thin layer of, I don't know what the hell on the inside of the glass. Like it's the worst. Yeah. But most of the stuff I do is like acrylic and whatever. And one of the things I love doing is agate. And mm-hmm. agate engraves so beautifully on the Glowforge. And I showed a piece I made to somebody with a Glowforge. I'm like, isn't this the coolest thing? Like, how do we, I, I actually said to them, I said, isn't it cool how we can just do this whenever we want? And they're like, well, I don't have a machine that does. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You have a Glowforge. And they're like, you did that with the Glowforge? 
And they didn't <laughs> even know, like they didn't know that you could engrave agate. And they're like, oh, but those are cool, but they look like coasters. I was like, go to Michael's mm-hmm. in the jewelry section and they have jewelry that's agate. And you can engrave that with the Glowforge and you can turn a Michael's piece that cost you five or six bucks into something that costs 25, 30 bucks. And yeah, people just, they don't research and they don't know like what they are y- capable yeah. of. They buy it. They buy. Well, you know what it is. A lot of these, a lot of people that bought, particularly the Glowforge and the Cricket, are particularly good examples of this. They buy the machines for a purpose, right? When I mm-hmm. bought my, when I bought my Cricket, I literally bought it to cut vinyl. I did not buy it for anything else. And over time, it's like, wait, cardstock? Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. Like cardstock's cool. And oh, leather. Oh, well, if I had a better one, I could do leather, but that's kind of cool. And you start seeing like, oh, yeah, HTV and mm-hmm. oh, stickers. Boy, once you learn about print and cut, your life changes forever. You know, it's. Yeah, my mind was blown when I found out about that. <laughs> it's, it's pure magic. You know, mm-hmm. and then you, and, and it seemed like during the pandemic, everyone was starting, everyone was starting a sticker business, which I don't blame them for because there's a lot of money well, in yeah. stickers. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just really funny how many people had their crickets forever and ever and ever and didn't even know that you could do that. Yeah. And that's where well, I think a channel like yours just kind of crushes because you'll take a machine that people already have mm-hmm. and just do something cool with it. And it's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. That's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I really like the cricket a lot. And then um, like one day randomly, my uh, my friend's kid had come over and she brought with her, you know, those like black scratch art things like oh. that we do when we were kids yeah 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 and then i was like oh i wonder if the cricket could like scratch this out you know because it's like a plotter machine or whatever and then oh. so i was like hmm so i just jumped in the fusion and like made i think i did three different prototypes and then by the fourth one i printed out this little uh 3d printed stylus that you put in like the pen clamp and then it could scratch out a design on that black uh scratch paper you know it's you know it's really funny i have there's a red line under that video and the one before it and the one after i seem to have missed but that one i watched (laughs) and i I was like this sounds familiar this sounds familiar i've seen this and i'm looking at the thumbnail going oh yeah i totally remember that yeah that's oh it's isn't it amazing Mm -hmm. though like you did you now you do that and you go did that no one's <laughs> no one's done that like that's an idea no one's i've not seen anyone else do and it's funny you mentioned that because i knew someone did that i just wasn't sure who and i'm looking I'm like <laughs> oh it was ashley okay cool yeah so um, that's got to be a great feeling like when you're doing when you're doing so many videos and you're putting out content so regularly to come up with something that's a truly original unique idea yeah you know and like I think at the time too, you don't necessarily you're not thinking like, oh, this is gonna be super original. You know, I always when I'm thinking of projects, I purposely don't search YouTube to see if other people have done it. Mm-hmm. Because if someone has done something similar, I don't want me to like unintentionally, you know, copy any part of what they've done. Right. Um and so I try really hard to do that. And then you- Sometimes it pollutes you get your process, kind of, right? Yeah. Like it, it pollutes your process. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think there is only one video that I did where I did search YouTube to see if other people had done that. And that was when I made the giant four foot by eight foot light bright, just because I literally had no <laughs> idea where to even start. And like the one video at the time that I found, it was just like 
of a giant light bright at a museum. And I was like, this does not help me whatsoever. <laughs> I love I love projects that are just cool for the sake of being cool. Like and just a, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the, I I almost feel like, you know, and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I almost mm-hmm. feel like a lot of times we get like, oh, that's 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 just fun, but it's not really a th- like no one's gonna be interested in that. Yeah. But I I almost feel like we need to have more fun. Like, and yeah. I'm, I'm bad at this. I'm, re- I'm really bad. I readily admit I am terrible at this because I always seem to start things from a, Hmm, this is a product. This is product development. I want to make this into a product I can sell. And that's a, right. that's a bad thing that I do. And I know it is. And I rarely anymore do art for art's sake. And mm-hmm. I made myself a little thing on my wall that says make more art. Right. Right. I and mean, it, it was because you do need to like it is hard though because you do need to make products to sell you know of course so it's like a hard balance it really especially when you wanted when you you don't get to flex your creative muscle that often when you're Mm -hmm. doing something repetitive like even if it's even if it is something that's creative by its nature like i'm working on a cutting board i'm literally working on a cutting board right now it's probably the last thing i'm going to make before i move my (laughs) shop and it's I was down there today rearranging wood over and over again. And yeah, the pattern I came up with, I really think looks sick. I'm very happy with it. It's oh, nice. something different from what I typically do. Oh, okay. But I just like the way it looks. But even that, it didn't feel creative. Like it just, mm-hmm. it felt like, no, this is a process and you're engaging in the process by making a cutting board. You're not this isn't a creative process. It's like a functional process. (laughs) And I feel like we get stuck in that where we look like, and who the hell needs a four foot by eight foot light bright? Well, I'll tell you who (laughs) Ashley Stilson needs a four foot by eight foot light bright because reasons. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like my favorite project I've ever made. It's definitely the most ambitious. And I think, it, I mean, just mm-hmm. looking at the views, I think it's actually your most viewed project. Oh, I no. think so. No, your laser cut posters on the K40 is quite a bit more. Oh, yeah. That's a weird, um, and that's also what's weird, right? That's also what's mm-hmm. weird. Like, you do this elaborate project, a four foot by eight foot light bright. Yeah. And, and I did it in like four days as well. <laughs> and what's what's the big seller? Coasters. Yep. And it's like, I know it, that's it, so funny. It's, it's dispiriting, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. so how do you keep, how do you keep motive? Like, I know based on the amount of different things you do, like you probably have a bunch of stuff where you go, this is going to be a banger. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it did all right, but it's not really the numbers I was hoping for. Like, how do you keep motivated when something doesn't land the way you want it to? Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I've always been wrong. On one I've predicted that video was going to go well. <laughs> typically, typically, if I'm like, oh, man, like this is going to be like the one, you know, that does really well, like out of all the others. And it gets like 20 views. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I just it's easy, you know, to let that like get you down. But I think it also for me, the main reason I am making these videos is to like teach people and just to like document my process so I can see it like. 20 years from now, like, oh, remember I, I made that ridiculous four-foot light bright, you know? <laughs> um, and what definitely helps, too, is, like, my family is very supportive, especially my sister. And just my friends are all very supportive, too. You know, like, even if it doesn't get a lot of views, they're like, oh, that project was so sick, super awesome, you know? I love that. I love that 
you know, people, especially the people that we seem to know, we mm-hmm. generally have people around us that kind of can pull us out of that funk yeah. because that funk can get really bad really quick. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, you're, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to not be primarily a content producer. So I don't, I don't need my content to do anything. I just need it to promote my products so that I can sell them. I mean, it's just right. my, that's my business model. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I'll, make something and I'll make a video or I'll make a, an Instagram post for it. And I'm like, no one notices it. Like it's just dead cat bounce. And yeah. it's just like, Oh, this, this sucks. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like this. <laughs> I don't yeah. like this well, at all. And it's always so surprising to like what post or what video does better than the other one. It's like typically something that like, you know, I don't want to say thrown together, but something I did super last minute. And I'm like, why does everybody like this? <laughs> you yeah. know? And it's, it usually it comes down to, Usually it comes down to, for us in our, you know, in our space, it's usually coming, it seems to come down to, I want to make that. So how did you make it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not as much, oh, this is a cool project because most of the time people just don't give a damn about a cool project. They just don't. Yeah. <laughs> as, as much as that sucks, like, you know, it's we're true, not, though. we're not Colin Furs, you know, people yeah. don't watch Colin Furs because <laughs> they're going to make a mech in their backyard or a bomb shelter under their backyard. They that watch Colin Furs because it's over the top and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, yeah. but yeah, I, I totally, I totally understand. Like I'm looking at your videos and I know I've watched a bunch of them and I'm like, some of them I've watched performed lower than others. And it's like, I don't understand why that one didn't do better. Or I, I don't understand why that one did do better. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. But the fun part is you're building up quite a library. So like you said, in a couple of years, you can go, Oh wow. I, I really wasn't very good at that was i and look at me now like look how good i am now oh my gosh my first video is awful like i always like go back and forth on whether i want to take it down or not but at the same time i want to leave it just to see like that journey and how far i've come but like it's so bad i'm like barefoot which i'm typically barefoot in all my videos and i always get so much crap for it But, like, I'm barefoot and I'm drilling into a book, like, super close to my foot. Like, I'm using my foot as a clamp. (laughs) (laughs) And you're drilling into a book, which is a whole other religious experience for some people. (laughs) How dare you? That, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get get crap for the Crocs. But, you know, I don't want to bring up Chris from Cowdog again. But shop Crocs are a thing. And anyone who doesn't wear shop Crocs (laughs) is just wrong. But I mean, seriously, like there is, I think I, I really do love Crocs. I'm, I, I'm, I'm 45 years old. I will wear Crocs until the day I die because they're the most comfortable things on earth. I don't care what they look like. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that way. But with um, rainbow sandals, I don't know if you've ever worn those. Mm, let's see if I they're Google like rainbow. Okay. <laughs> let's see what they look like. Oh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Like those, yes, <laughs> those for yeah. me are just super comfy. Like I wear those when I go to Disneyland and everything. How often do you go to Disneyland? I'm, I was going to ask, I wanted to <laughs> ask this. I, I, is it all right? Yeah. How often do you go to Disneyland? Um, well, before it got shut down for the pandemic, I probably went close to three to four times a month because, wow. uh, my family, uh, for Christmas, we always, um, would get Disneyland passes. That would mm-hmm. be, you know christmas which was i thought was always really cool and then now um the way they do the passes which we did get them again you know because it's been like two years uh 
they have it where you have to make reservations to go. Mm-hmm. And then also, I'm just a lot more busy now. So since we've gotten them, which I, th- I think maybe they've been out for like a month, I've probably gone three times. And then I'm going to go on Thursday, <laughs> which is why I'm, I'm 3D printing all these years. <laughs> well, that's what I love because like I see whenever you make something Disney related, you take a picture of it at Disney and it's like, how often is she there? <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely helps that I live like 40 minutes from there, too. Oh, that's perfect. You know, that's perfect. Yeah, you're a yeah. SoCal girl. I am. Yes, I love California. <laughs> I I go hot and cold. Like there's a lot of things I don't love about California, but mm-hmm. man, there are very few things as good in the world as California weather. Like, yes, it is yep. just, especially the part that you're in. I, I lived for in 2005 ish. I lived in Marina del Rey for a month and oh, nice. it was, it was wonderful. It was mm-hmm. just wonderful. Like in the pool every day. <laughs> How did you ever leave? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what actually cracked me about living in Southern California. <laughs> what cracked me was I couldn't stand not having a rainy day in the course of an entire month. Wow. And the lack of variation in the weather mm-hmm. started to make me a little bit crazy. Like I live, you know, I live in New York. So in the summer, especially in August, which is when I was in California, you know, the the weather changes. Like it's 90 degrees today. It's 70 degrees tomorrow. And it's thunderstorms today. I didn't, it did not rain for an entire month. And it was so weird to go that long without seeing a cloud. And it was like, <laughs> it was nice. Like it was 72 and sunny every day, but it was 72 and sunny every yeah. day. Uh-huh. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> and at the time, the owner of my company was really cool. He's like, I need you to stay in California. I'm like, and I had, I was like, I just got on my honeymoon like a couple of years earlier and I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. Like I can't, I can't leave my wife for a month. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. He goes, I'll tell her to come out with you. We'll tell her, tell her to grab a bag and go to the airport. We'll have a ticket waiting for her. And they oh, wow. brought her out. So she stayed. So we stayed in the corporate apartment together for a month and she got to live in California for a month. So we both no, got that's to live. really cool. <laughs> it was, it was interesting because we, we did do some touristy things. Like we went to, we went to Hollywood Boulevard cause I'd obviously <laughs> never been there. I've been to California like a million times. I've done no touristy things in California, <laughs> but we went to, we went to Hollywood Boulevard. We went to, um, what's that windy road by the, in the Hollywood Hills that everyone goes to and looks at. I can't remember the name of it. And everyone's drive. Yes, Mulholland Drive. So we went up Mulholland mm-hmm. Drive, like to one of the lookouts that overlooks LA. That was really cool. Um, she's a big fan of the movie Xanadu, so she wanted to see the Pan Pacific Auditorium, <laughs> which is now Pan Pacific Park. Mm-hmm. Um, all that kind of stuff. Like we did all that. Stuff. It was just so much fun, like just being out there. But yeah, I I go out there. I went out there in December of 2019. And as I was out there, I'm like, I went to the, I went to the Getty Museum. I ate at all the best vegetarian restaurants because at the time I was vegetarian. And I was like, God, this is such a great, like, overall lifestyle. Like, it's just, it's, it's the pacing sucks. The traffic sucks. We, we know all the bad things, but then, you know, in, (laughs) it was really funny. (laughs) Just, it was December and I'm walking out of the hotel in the morning to go get breakfast and it's 
like 65 degrees and I just have a t-shirt and shorts on <laughs> and I see people walking by like rubbing their hands together because yep. they're cold mm-hmm. and I'm like what Absolutely. is wrong with you people this is yeah. beautiful like I just left New York it was snowing when my flight took off <laughs> <laughs> you know you guys it's like 65 degrees like this is heaven and everybody's like god it's freezing here yeah no yeah like you got the beanie on the scarf the jacket yeah like mm-hmm. I didn't even bring uh, my jacket was in my bag the entire time. I didn't put it on until <laughs> I landed at JFK when I came home. It was like, oh man, I, I envy, I envy that because it's, it's, if anything, it's at least predictable, right? You know, it's going to, yeah. uh, oh, a nice day in Southern California. Who saw that yeah. coming? Freaking everybody, everybody yes. saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you have, do you have any favorite? I mean, obviously Disney. We know that, but do you have any favorite spots or any favorite things you like about Southern California that maybe tourists don't know or? Mm, I don't know if it's like that tourists don't know about it, but I really like to go to um, Pasadena in their old town, which mm-hmm. is really nice. And like, I think what's really cool is their crossway, like they go diagonal mm-hmm. to cross the street. And ever since I was a kid, I thought that was like, just the coolest thing ever. you rebels <laughs> yes they do so, that, they have that in japan too i thought that yeah i always thought yeah. that was kind of cool like in those big you always see those videos of japanese crosswalks mm-hmm. and there's like all four corners and diagonals going at the same time it's like yeah, i don't know i don't know how you people cool. do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah i don't really do too many touristy things just because you know i can do them I've, never been, I, I've lived in New York for 45 years. I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. Believe me, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I also said I would I would get to the World Trade Center one day because it'll always be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that yeah, turned you, out. You kind of missed that one. Yeah, yeah, I think that that boat has long since left yes. the harbor. It's it's. I feel like we do take our surroundings for granted. Like I'm, I'm try, mm-hmm. I try not to do that where I am because I'm surrounded by some of the most beautiful mountains in the world now. And it's like, I, I try not to do that. Like, um, they'll always be there. Yeah, they'll always be, but you won't, you know, it's like, so <laughs> yes. get, get your ass off the couch. <laughs> are, Pretty you, much. Are, are you a native or were you born in Southern Cal or did, are you yeah. a transplant? Nope. Born and raised in Southern well, California. Not right. Yeah. All right. I like totally, it. Totally, dude. <laughs> it's I I don't I haven't talked to anyone in a long time that didn't come from somewhere else and end up in California. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really interesting that you actually are from Southern Cal. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to do we're we're about we're about an hour in. Let's do um let's do our things of the week. I'm kind of curious to see what you brought to the table this week. <laughs> You want me to go first? Sure. It's always it's only polite. Well, first of all, ladies first. Second of all, it's only polite <laughs> to let the guest go first. And third of all, I have to think about mine for a second more. So <laughs> actually, I don't have to think about it too much more, but you should definitely go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so my thing of the week is actually an Etsy shop called okay. uh, Tis So S-E-W Sweet. And uh, she makes custom bags and just with like really fun prints like she has different disney prints and like pokemon and just like really cool patterns and i saw she had this really cool stitch um like anatomy type fabric i don't know if that makes sense but you know like the anatomy man Mm -hmm. 
right? Like that pose. So it's like that, but it's Stitch. <laughs> the Vituvian Man, I believe. Uh, the Leonardo yes. da Vinci painting? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like Stitch with like all four of his arms and everything. And I messaged her and I was like, hey, I love this fabric, but you don't have the bag shape that I want. Like, could we, you know, do this like a custom order? And she was just like so amazing and like worked with me and like did not complain. (laughs) And like when I was asking for like a lot of different things and it's just like amazing customer service. And I got the bag and it's just like perfect. So I put like uh, basically all the stuff I use for rug tufting is in here with the exception of the sheep shears. (laughs) <laughs> but like um, those things weigh like, like 50 freaking pounds that makes yes. sense <laughs> <laughs> you know but like i have the markers in there i have like the thread a sister thing i don't even know what it'd be called but you know what i mean where you stick you know like how you would stick a paper clip in there to get the thread to go oh, through the threaders. The loop? yeah the threaders yeah yeah so that and then like you know i have all the scissors in there like everything <laughs> very cool i keep trying to search for tis so sweet and obviously i'm getting tis so sweet to adore jesus and <laughs> so it's it, it's really hard to um to really so you're gonna have to give me the link afterwards but i'm dying yeah. to see what this stuff what the stuff looks like that sounds really really cool yeah I, i'll for sure send you the link i love i love people doing cool stuff on etsy i'm i i'm not a, i mean if you've listened to the podcast you know i'm not a big fan of etsy in general yes. however <laughs> however I do understand the attraction and I have bought a lot of stuff from Etsy. So I do understand it. It's not that. Yeah. I, there were some really amazing things on Etsy. (laughs) Yeah. I, I got before they were allowing you to resell stuff that you didn't hand make. I got a deathly hollows pendant for a friend of mine. And I liked it so much. I actually bought one for myself too. I still have it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's actually metal and it's like, this thing's cool as hell. I can't believe I own this. And then I think about, it, I'm like, wait, somebody actually made this. Like that's even mm-hmm. cooler. Yeah. But there's a lot of that. There's a lot of wows on Etsy contrary. I mean, I know I, I rag on it a lot, but I also, I will readily admit that not everything about Etsy is terrible and this sounds really cool. Oh, I see why I can't find it. I'm a dumbass. Hold on. It's <laughs> so sweet. That's why I can't find it because I kept putting S-O. Oh, yeah. S-E-W. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's not helping either. I can't. Oh, really? This is crazy. I actually know the name of her shop and I can't find it. See, this is <laughs> yeah. why I hate Etsy. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> well, I mean, like if you know someone's shop name, give me a break, dudes. <laughs> all yeah. right but you know it showed me well i'll say it gave me keys of the kingdom shop in jesus time so that was nice <laughs> of them but that's literally not i have the name ah. okay so yeah we'll have the link to that in the show notes so you can find it because <laughs> <laughs> that does sound really really cool like i've always thought that the vituvian man is one of the coolest things ever like it's just i love da vinci's mm-hmm. like illustrations i just think they look so damn cool but yeah and then, yeah. like, the reason I chose her shop, too, was because I hadn't seen the fabric like this in some of the other places I was looking. I, so. you, I, do you have a picture of the bag in your... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did. Uh, I have one on Etsy, and I did send you the link through uh, Instagram oh, as well. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Let me get it. Let me just get in here real quick. Hold, please. This is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. It's all one word. All right. That's what yeah. I was doing wrong. Okay. Um, but it's it's so weird that that still wouldn't even pop up. That Etsy is so specific. Isn't it? Like, and it's like, why? There's no reason for it. Like, there's, yeah. 
There's absolutely no reason for it. Cool. So yeah, we'll link her. We'll link her stuff in the show notes. We'll definitely link her stuff in the show notes. That's great. Um, my thing of the week. I don't know. And I was told by a certain person who lives in this house, who <laughs> may or may not be my wife. <laughs> I'm not giving her the satisfaction of admitting she might be right. I don't know if she's right. If I'm, if she's right, I'm sure someone's going to let me know. But my thing of the week this week is a TV show. I know. Very rare. But my thing of the week is a TV show that aired starting in 2013 on FX called The Americans. And I'm just going to say it outright. As far as best TV shows I've ever watched, I would put this in the realm of like the top three along with Breaking Bad and Fringe. Like that's how good it is. It's, It's historically... I won't say accurate because I know of some stuff that they've shown in the show that's not historically accurate. Like it's just, it's oversold to make a dramatic TV show, but that's fine. But as far as it takes place in 19, the 1980s, the early eighties. And it's about a group of illegal Soviet spies that basically were brought in at a young age to the United States and lived like Americans and then did KGB stuff in the United States. It's an unbelievable show. If you have Amazon prime, the whole series is actually on Amazon prime for free. You can watch it. Oh wow! I'll have to check that out. That sounds very interesting. It is. I mean, it's one of those you you'll, you'll sit down to binge watch it, which you should. And you won't watch one episode. You'll watch like four <laughs> every single time because it's a continual. It's it's a continuing storyline for every season. Okay, so like later the next day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, but the next day actually happens the next day. It doesn't happen next week. <laughs> that eight hours of dinner. I I I, I almost want to go back because I made all the social posts for this episode earlier today. I almost want to go back and change this change the name of this episode to eight hours of dinner with Ashley Stilson. (laughs) I might actually do that because I think it's fantastic, but yeah, the Americans on FX it's on Amazon prime. It's on, I think it's on a bunch of other streaming services too, but if you have Amazon prime, which I think, you know, something like 95% of the world population does anyway, um, you can actually just go watch it for free and it's totally worth watching. It's, it's Kerry Russell, Matthew Reese, and Noah Emmerich. Like, there's some real names on this show. I mean, hey, if you're a mm-hmm. Walking Dead fan, you know who Noah Emmerich is anyway. Yeah. Um, absolutely fantastic. And Felicity. Oh, my God. Kerry Russell is absolutely one of the most beautiful women that has ever walked the face <laughs> of this earth. And it's funny because one of the – obviously, since she's with the KGB, she wears disguises. It's part of the, it's part of the gig. And every disguise where she tries to not look amazing, it's like, yep, even when you're trying to dress <laughs> it down, you still look amazing. It's like, I, I, it's, it's so just, annoying when people do that. <laughs> is, isn't it like, and, and it's funny because Matthew Reese is her real life husband and he plays her husband on the show. Oh, okay. And he, he wears his disguises always look goofy and ridiculous, <laughs> which is really funny. Like you look at him and go, there's no way anyone believed that was your real hair. Like we, we know, like we all know, we know that that's nope, nope. They, they sell it <laughs> they sell it, and they sell it hard. <laughs> so yeah, the Americans, if I, if I have recommended it, by the way, if I have recommended that somebody tell me I have, so I can settle this, but I don't think I have mentioned it before. And if I have, oh, well, you guys get to watch it. You should watch it if you didn't watch it the first time I recommended it then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we are going to um, we're going to close it out. But first, we want to thank all the people that make this podcast possible, and those people include. Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLL Woodworks, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, um, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from IMakeJake.com, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, who's finally working on his new website. Good job, Al. Um, Justin Ofler from Bear Naked. Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks. Adam Mackey, Maker Mackey, and Clamp, the podcast. Kim and Garrett, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes. And our newest financial supporter, Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes. So thank you, everybody, for supporting the show financially. If you're not in a position to do that, that's fine, too. Feel free to write a review, um, share the show turn someone else onto it. Or even if you have a guest in mind that you think would work really well for the show, feel free to shoot it over to us and we'll see if we can get them on and talk to them because we're always looking for new and interesting people to talk to. Not that there's any shortage of new and interesting people to talk to, but sometimes we just need to be pointed in their direction. So thank you for everything you do to keep this show going. And we really do appreciate all of it. Ashley, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we did it. There was nothing burned down and nobody's dead. (laughs) That's always a plus. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for a great conversation, and thank you so much for making it easy to actually talk to. When <laughs> I always get nervous when Ethan's not around, and oh, okay. it's, it's not like it's not like I can't do this without Ethan. I don't. It's it's just weird because it changes the rhythm of the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but well, you never fun. know how people are going to interact with each other. Exactly. Exactly. But the one thing that we had, the one thing we had going was like, oh, but I know Ashley, so this should be okay. Like this is going to be okay. And it it was fun talking to you. It was fun to finally talk to you. I know I've, I've I know what your voice sounds like because I've watched your videos, but it was interesting <laughs> to actually hear it coming to me instead of to a generic YouTube. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was my pleasure. I had a ton of fun. So thank you for having me. Um, this was we- the first time ever being on a podcast. I, I, it's almost like, did you know that? Do do you know the running gag with that? By the way, mm, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up on your episodes, but there's okay, a lot. Okay, <laughs> so 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 the running gag is that is my favorite thing that people say. The oh, one, okay. We are the first podcast that they've ever been on because there's nothing I love more than feeling like I've discovered someone and now I'm like sharing them with the world. And when somebody says they've never been on a podcast, it's usually my usual reaction is, wow, no one's ever asked you. That's surprising, but I'm glad I was the first. So, wow, no one's ever asked you. That's surprising, but I'm glad I was the first. So, Well, now it feels less special. Yeah, well, it's going to be less special forever. Like you can't put the, you can't, whatever the phrase is, you can't put the blank back in the blank. However that phrase goes, I can't think of it right now because it's like 930 in New York and I'm tired. Yes. <laughs> but thank you so, so much for coming on. It was so much fun talking to you. And uh, if you're not following Ashley, please do so. We will have all of her links in the show notes as usual. And thanks for joining us, everybody. We will be back again next week. We do have a guest lined up. We will not have Ethan next week. I may line up another guest to be with our guest i had an idea earlier today and i think it would actually be fun so i might try to make that happen if i can but we at least have one guest for next week so you're not going to have to listen to me 
talk by myself. And I'm sure you're all grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you. So come back next week and listen, won't you? Hmm? Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>